Great. Okay, cool. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to Known Unknowns. I'm Harry. And I'm Carly. And we're here to talk to you about... Um, stuff. Stuff. We're here to provide content. Provide Create content. okay content for <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything to announce or start off with? Um... I don't think I have any announcements. Do do I? No, no? I don't. Do you? Don't. You don't have anything to announce? No. I don't know, do we want to do a election corner or anything? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. What are your thoughts? Nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> well. Everything's been kind of postponed. Yeah. Nothing's really happened. Mm-hmm. I so, know. since we last podcasted. The, I mean, there's been some big news coming out. I mean, yeah. I, I already mentioned the rape allegation against Joe Biden last week. Yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> I was like, oh, I need to read about that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is it just like the other women who are like, he, like, obviously it's all bad. <laughs> but like, I was like, oh, another woman came out and said that he is really creepy and touches mm -hmm. women inappropriately and i was like ugh like i was like this is disgusting another mm -hmm. one and then when i actually heard what happened i was like ah, what really it, I, I really yeah. it really shocked me mm -hmm. i was like no way i mean yeah. obviously way but mm -hmm. it was just so sad and gross and i know i felt horrible mm-hmm I mean, for everyone who's come out, it's terrible. Right. I mean, I, yeah, it's really, and it's really disheartening to see so many Democrats just like, um, you know, pulling the same kind of stuff that the Republicans did when uh, Christine Ford accused Brett Kavanaugh of rape. Yeah. And like all the like, she's just doing this for political reasons or why didn't she come forward earlier and stuff. Wow. When in fact, uh, she did. Tara Reid. Well, I mean, so she partially came forward, but last April, when um, like seven other women were talking about, like what you mentioned, yeah. his inappropriate touching and just I think general that's creepiness. What they came out with right, not yeah. like mm -hmm. there were no like there were no sex. It was more sexual harassment than sexual assault. No, I'd say it's sexual assault. Okay. Yeah, but this was like rape. Yes, <laughs> which I think all falls under sexual assault, but like mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know that. <laughs> I think it's anyway, assault. but but then he's touching them inappropriately. Mm -hmm. That's like an assault, not just. I mean, and harassment. I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, Tara Reid. I mean, Tara Reid didn't. Tara Reid didn't come out just last week because that's the earliest she decided to come out with it. She tried to go to Times Up back in January. The like or the you know uh, Nash the women's labor or no women's lawyer law women's law council I think that's what it is which yeah. Times Up is a part of and she talked to people from Times Up and at the time originally they like they didn't care that she like said that she was a Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders supporter or that at the time and then the uh, managing director of uh, Time's Up, Anita Dunn. Uh, she was promoted uh, to um, campaign manager, some higher position within the Joe Biden campaign. Mm -hmm. And Time's Up then, uh, in February, informed Tara Reid that they couldn't offer her any of their support. 
Um, so, and then, you know, a few weeks after that, she talked to <sighs> reporters about what she went through. Um, and so, I mean, it really looks like a, a, an intentional cover up by the Biden campaign. I say, guess what? You probably haven't heard of it because it's mm-hmm. not anywhere. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> I, Anita, yeah. Well, Anita Dunn works for, um, SKD Knickerbocker or SDK. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they're, they're a PR firm and they also, Anita Dunn also did, um, uh, like PR. She, she tried to, tried to do PR work for Harvey Weinstein when mm-hmm. allegations against him started coming out. And mm-hmm. uh, she, she worked for Harvey Weinstein to try to cover up and sweep under the rug, all oh. of that stuff. Um, so it's no, I mean, you know, people knew about that connection before this and they were just, you know, it was, that was bad enough that these are the people that Joe Biden thinks should be working his campaign, mm-hmm. these crisis management directors and stuff. But in fact, the boy bears even more similarities to Harvey Weinstein than we thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's bad. I mean, it's bad just on moral grounds. Like we should not, I, I'm not going to vote for a rapist in November, but. No, no, <laughs> I won't. Yeah. But, um, I mean, also, you know, uh, just like on electability grounds too, whereas like, you know, in 2016, after Donald Trump's Access Hollywood tape came out with the grab him by the pussy comment mm-hmm. was, I mean, he then after that, he hit back at Hillary Clinton by bringing up all of her husband's history of sexual assault and abuse and stuff. And so now this takes off the table any ability that Joe Biden ever had to attack Trump on his treatment of women because Joe Biden can, because then Trump can just come back right back at him and say, Joe's a rapist as well. Yeah. <laughs> We're both rapists. Let's yeah. get over it. <laughs> Stop talking about it. Anyway, I am just, uh, you know, very, uh, very disappointed in a lot of people right now yeah. who are trying to uh, sweep this under the rug or claim that it is somehow okay because Joe Biden is a Democrat or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know how many people Bernie Sanders has sexually harassed? Guess. Uh, I'm going to guess negative 100. Exactly. <laughs> negative 1 million, really. No, but really, zero. He doesn't have any allegations, does he? I doubt it. I'm... He's, a not, he's a great guy. <laughs> I would be so sad. If someone came out and said something, yeah, like I'd believe her or him, mm-hmm. but I, ooh, I'd be so sad. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, after if he loses the primary, he's still he's going to uh, endorse Joe Biden, I would assume, which you know is bad bad form. He shouldn't endorse rapists, Bernie. But uh, is he really going to do that? I I mean, uh, he yeah, said that he, he would endorse would. the winner if it isn't him. Well, that was before. It's true. He but, found out Joe was a rapist. I mean, I think, I mean, you know, every like corporate media outlet is resisting talking about this as much as possible. So, you know, it, it's, they're trying to keep it from being a big deal and I, they're succeeding generally. I'll be sad if Elizabeth Warren ever um, endorses him. Like, mm-hmm. even if he like wins the nomination and she does, mm. I'll be very sad. Yeah. 
would be disappointing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the tragedy of, with Bernie Sanders is that the very things that make him that would make him a formidable like general election candidate are seen as weaknesses in the primary. You know, like his his disdain for the political establishment. It would make is what got Trump elected in 2016, yeah. but yeah. since the Democratic Party establishment is you know viewed so favorably by so many Democratic voters, it uh it works against him in the Democratic primary. Mm-hmm. But I mean, well, I, I say so many. It's a real. It's a very small minority of people who vote in the primaries. Have there been any elections since? The the Illinois one. I haven't seen any primary results since Super Tuesday. I think, they were all I think they've all been postponed. Not Super Tuesday. We're not oh. on Super Tuesday. What well, was Illinois? That? Oh right, yeah. It's since the Illinois. Sorry, yeah. That was like two weeks yeah, later. Since that quote unquote election. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Sorry, That's I got. Sad. I'm all worked up now. So. I know. I know. <laughs> we Me should too. move on. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? Uh, how's the how's your how's your quarantine life going? Me? Yeah. Oh God, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I lay in bed all day, and Harry sits in the living room, and he plays video games, and I watch YouTube videos. Yeah, it works. It works great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we go on a daily walk, though. We usually get a bubble tea, and then we walk around the completely dead, silent Loyola campus mm-hmm. because it's completely silent. Yeah, that's and nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> today it was way too windy, though. It was. We very went windy out, today. but it was windy. Mm-hmm. I almost got blown over. <laughs> anyway, no one cares about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about that. Um, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I have a really cool story, okay, so I want to tell it. Yeah, sorry, I won't delay anymore. Okay. Um, so I'm going first. Okay. Because you went first last week. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, I feel like I needed more of a transition. Okay. From that weather was windy to this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. So without... Without... Further ado, is that what it is? Yep, further that's the, ado? That's, that's the phrase, yeah. Cool. Without further ado, <laughs> I present to you this masterpiece. Oh. The Fox Sisters and the Birth of Spiritualism. Ooh. Ooh. It's interesting. The Fox Sisters, you say? Yeah. A couple he of just raised his ladies. eyebrows. Oh my God, shut up. You're the worst. Okay, so let me take you back to 1830. Are you there? Okay, yeah, I'm there. I'm there in my To a small house in the town of Hydesville in upstate New York. Okay, I'm there. Today known as Arcadia, New York, but I'm going to call it Hydestown because that's what it was. Great. This house was occupied by Mr. and Mrs. Bell. Cool. And their maid, Lucrezia. Lucrezia? Lucrezia. Okay. Sometime between 1833 and 1844. Okay. I don't know. I'm there. Sometime around (laughs) that. There's not good documentation in the 1830s. (laughs) So there's an (laughs) 11-year 
gap. Not gap, but like, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, between those two times, a traveling salesman came to the Bell's door selling like kitchen supplies like knife sets and pots and pans and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then he, he even stayed with the Bells for a little while. Oh, they must have liked his pans. Yeah. So it's rumored that the man, the salesman and Mrs. Bell were having an affair Ooh. or they had an inappropriate relationship is what it said. So I'm going to say affair. They were smooching. <laughs> they were smooching. <laughs> do, do you think it was more than smooching? Oh, I don't know. 1830. <laughs> she showed him an ankle. He poked it with his finger. <laughs> and he smooched her on the nose. Yep, that's, that's probably what it. it was. Okay. Um shortly after the peddler peddler arrived. Yeah. Yeah. The bells let their maid Lucrezia go oh. without any real explanation. She saw them smooching. Probably. Uh, there were no hard, hard feelings, though. She understood, you know, stuff happens. Okay. I lose my job sometimes. They just didn't need the work anymore. I guess. You know, no Maybe real explanation this. other than we don't we don't need your services. Mm-hmm. So before Lucrezia left the house, she did purchase like a knife, like a nice knife from the salesman and gave him, you know, instructions like his, her dad's address to send it there as like a gift. Mm hmm. Did you just knock something over? Maybe. Okay. Unfortunately, the knife and the salesman never made it to Lucrezia's father. Oh. Ooh. Uh-oh. A week later, Lucrezia was rehired by the Bells. Okay. So she didn't really question it. She was just happy to have her job back. Sure. <laughs> uh, so she accepted and she moved back in. Mm-hmm. When she got there, she noticed that the peddler was gone. Mm, curious. So he probably left. But all the items he was selling was still there. Oh, maybe they bought everything. So she thought it was strange, but she assumed Mrs. Bell just purchased the goods from the salesman and, you know, went about her business. Yeah. She was like, that's not of my business. She bought it from the man and now he's gone. Yeah. She only loved him for his pants and now... Now that she has all of them, she doesn't need him anymore. Yeah. But then weird stuff started to happen. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Odd knocking, tapping, and rapping noises started in the room that the salesman used to occupy. Mm. Like little taps and knocks and popping and rapping and yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Lucrezia would find herself... Alone in the house. Uh, wait, no, no, no. When anyone would go into the room to check on the loud noises, there was nobody there. Oh. So Lucrezia would find herself alone in the house hearing footsteps walking through the house and down the stairs and into the cellar. Okay. Yeah. So she decided she did not want to be alone in the house anymore. <laughs> so she would invite family and friends over when the bells weren't there. Okay. Just to like keep her company because she right. didn't want to be there alone. <laughs> so one time her brother was over keeping her company and the rapping and knocking noises went on for hours. Wow. So the brother got so freaked out he vowed to never return to the house again. Mm-mm. 
One night, Lucrezia was in the cellar, and she tripped over a large pile of newly turned over dirt. Oh, uh-oh. So after that, she approached Mr. Bell about the pile of dirt because she tripped over it and hurt mm-hmm. herself. So she was like, what is that? Yeah, it was a big pile of dirt in the basement. Yeah. And he said, oh, don't worry about it. You know, it's just leftover dirt from when we were filling in holes from rats. Okay. A likely story. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, so shortly after this event, the Bells actually moved out of the house. Okay. So a new family, the Weakmans, moved in, but they didn't stay long because they started having odd occurrences happen in the house. Oh, boy. So it started with a friend of theirs seeing an apparition of a man in the kitchen. <gasps> And then the rapping and tappings and knocking started to happen, like, at night, just constantly. Mm. And it was preventing them from getting a good night's rest, and they were freaked out, so they quickly moved out and sold the house. So, then we get to the Fox family. Remember okay. when I mentioned the Fox sisters? Yeah, you did. <laughs> Great. So, wondering when now we get in. the Fox family okay. in. So, they sold it to the Fox family, and the Fox family... So they bought the house and the land, the all the land like that comes with it, mm-hmm. um, because they this was just going to be a temporary house. They were building a house, like right next to it on like the plot of land they bought. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they could tear down the other house and then make like a farm and stuff like that. So it was just like temporary housing while they were building their their other house. But they moved into this house. So it was Mr. and Mrs. Fox and their two daughters, Margaret and Kate. Mm-hmm. They have three daughters, but only two of them lived with them because one was old. Not old, yeah. but old enough to move out. Uh-huh. So a few days after moving in, the noises began. Oh. John Fox, the father, was a very religious man. So he thought his wife and kids were just overreacting to all the noises. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said it was just the house settling and that it was fine. So one night, Kate woke up screaming, saying that a cold hand touched her while she was sleeping. That's not good. I know. And then Margaret said hands pulled her sheet off of her that night. Whoa. Yeah. So Mrs. Fox said she always heard footsteps wandering around the house and then go down to the cellar. Oh. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, Mr. Fox started going around the house, knocking on the doors and floorboards and walls and checking the house for, like, a logical explanation for all of these noises. He was like, where is this coming from? Like, knocking on stuff, seeing if stuff was loose and rattled. Uh Um, So, he did this, like, every night for, like, a long time. (laughs) Yeah. And then one night he was doing his, like, nightly routine of knocking on stuff And the sisters realized that whenever her father would knock on something, the house would knock back in response. (laughs) So the sisters named this spirit. They were like, it's a ghost. Mm -hmm. They named him uh, Mr. Splitfoot. Mr. Splitfoot. I read on Wikipedia that it's a nickname for Satan. Okay. For the devil. Sure, yeah. Cloven hooves. Yeah. Mr. Splitfoot. That's funny. So they named him Mr. Splitfoot. Um... So they all gathered into the room, and when they realized, oh, Mr. Splitfoot answers. He's knocking back. Yeah. So the whole family, the four of them, gathered into the room and had kind of like a little impromptu, like, seance. 
before mm-hmm. seances really existed? I don't know. So Mrs. Fox asked the spirit to knock out the ages of everyone in the room, and Mr. Splitfoot did. Oh. He even knocked out the age of, so probably just one, <laughs> of a child they had who had died. Oh. So maybe it was, maybe they were like two or three, because mm. they indicated that there was a another child. Right, or maybe it was how old it would have been. If it were oh, yeah, maybe. still alive. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Fox was like, what? This isn't real. <laughs> uh, so he went to all his neighbors. He ran out of the house and started knocking on doors and told all of his neighbors to come over. Like, there's something weird happening in my house and I don't know what it is. So we need a pair of outside eyes. So he invited as many people as he could inside. Yeah. And so they could like witness this. And so he was still skeptical and everyone else was like, uh, like, you know, everyone was very Protestant at the time (laughs) around that area. Mm -hmm. So they were like, yeah, you're crazy, but I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah. Right. I would go if a group of people were going over there to hear this. uh, Have a party. Yeah. So when the neighbors gathered into, into the house, the neighbors started asking the spirits their own questions, and Mr. Splitfoot got, like, all of them correct. Hmm. So then pretty much everyone in the room was convinced that this was real. So uh, they even developed a code with Mr. Splitfoot that night so they could ask more than just, like, yes or no questions uh-huh. and how old am I? Right. Like, answer this number question. Um, with this, they found out that Mr. Splitfoot was actually a traveling salesman that was murdered and buried underneath the house in the cellar. Oh. So, one of the neighbors and Mr. Fox, uh, mis- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, wait, no, 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 I, <laughs> okay. went, I went too far. I don't know. So, actually, one of the neighbors who had gathered in the living room of the foxes that night to witness all of this yeah. was Lucrezia, <gasps> the maid of the bells. Remember her? Yeah. Yeah. So, she told them about all of the weird salesman stuff and was like, whoa, this salesman was sleeping with this woman I was working with, and then I they fired me, and then I came back a week later, and then he was dead, and then I tripped over a pile of dirt in the cellar. <gasps> Yeah. So then, Mr. Fox and a neighbor went downstairs to dig up, like, where Lucrezia was like, I tripped over this yeah. pile of dirt. And they found a bone fragment, like, a couple mm-hmm. of bone fragments. Uh-huh. And one of them even had, like, a piece of hair, like, hairs still on it. Ooh. And when they had a doctor examine the bone fragment, he confirmed that they were once part of a human skull. Oh, boy. Yeah. So... After that uh, night, yeah. <laughs> the foxes moved out <laughs> because they were freaked out. Sure. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bell just lived in the house that they were building. It wasn't done yet, but they were like, it's better than living in this mm-hmm. haunted place. And Kate and Margaret actually went to go live with their sister, um, Leah, in Rochester, New York. So, the sisters were introduced to a new neighborhood uh, who was very interested in their ability to talk to the dead. Sure. Who wouldn't be? Yeah. So, a couple, like a couple, like people who were a couple, couple. uh, was convinced and they were actually some form of 
Quaker, like they were like a broken off branch of Quakers who were like mm-hmm. liberal and like were like, oh, you know, I don't know, not as conservative as Quakers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, this is interesting. So they were really impressed with the girls and they invited them over. And mm-hmm. like the three of them, even though the two of them were only doing it at the time. And we're like, hey, show us what you can do. Because they were, like, skeptical, but they were like, this is, this would be awesome if this was real. Like, this would prove that we're right about stuff, I guess. And so, you know, they they ended up proving themselves, and they found out that Leah had the gift as well, the third sister. So, they became a trio. Um... So the couple was so convinced in their abilities mm-hmm. that they could talk to the dead that they actually rented out the largest space in town. I don't know what it was, <laughs> but the largest space they could get their hands on in town and then invited everyone around to come and watch them on stage to do talk talk to a spirit, <laughs> talk to the dead. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so before the show, <laughs> the couple actually checked all the sisters to make sure that they weren't tricking people. Right. Like, they made them completely strip down with no clothes on <laughs> and searched all their clothes and them and made yeah. sure there wasn't any, you know, tricks up their sleeve. Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, and they couldn't find anything. Okay. So they were like, great. Um, after this... Uh, they did their seance on stage, and it went great, and they earned a lot of praise and fame, and things were looking great. So the sisters started to rent out a room in a hotel to hold daily and nightly seances for up to 30 people at a time. They would charge $1 per person, so they were making a ton of money. Um, some notable people they attracted included William Cullen Bryant, George Brancroft, Bancroft. Okay. James Fenimore Cooper. Some of these are names that sound slightly familiar. Nathaniel Parker Willis. Horace Greeley. I think he was the founder of the New York Post. Okay. Greeley. Sojourner Truth. Uh-huh. And William Lloyd Garrison, who was like an editor at the Post or something okay. like that. So maybe they were a lot of New York Post people. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know any of these names, so I don't, I don't know. So Kate and Margaret started to do the traveling, and they went around and they did these things, uh-huh. and then Leah actually stayed there she stayed to back do in work. Rochester. To like, yeah, do seances there, so they could make more money. In Philadelphia, Margaret met an explorer named mm-hmm. Elijah Kent Kane. I wish I, I miss one explorer was a job you could have. I know an explorer. <laughs> I want to be an explorer. Yeah. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, He didn't believe in what she was doing and Uh was like, yeah, I don't buy it. I don't know how you're tricking everyone, but you are. He could never, he admitted that he could never figure out how they were tricking people, Mm -hmm. but he's like, I don't buy that it's real. Right. But he fell in love with her anyway. (laughs) Uh, And he wanted to get her out of her evil ways and convert her to Catholicism. (laughs) So they they eventually got secretly married cool. and she converted but she but he actually died really soon after they got secretly married. Oh. 
So Margaret was like hit really hard with this because she like really loved him and he really loved her and they were really happy. Mm-hmm. And so she started drinking a lot more. So here's the thing. All three sisters started drinking at a really young age because they would go to like, after they got famous and like uh-huh. big, they started going to like fancy parties and stuff with right. like big wigs and they got them drunk all the time. Sure. So they started drinking at like a super young age. Mm-hmm. So this woman, after her husband died, like really started to drink mm-hmm. badly. Um And she actually vowed to never go back to spiritualism just to honor her husband. Wow. Dumb. Kate, on the other hand, married a devout spiritualist. So she was able to continue what she was doing. (laughs) Um, But after the Civil War, uh, a lot of people like ran to spiritualism to deal with all of the unnecessary loss and Mm -hmm. sadness and death like that they had to cope with because they wanted to contact these people that they lost in the war Mm -hmm. so kate started to like get overwhelmed with all the people coming to her and crying all the time and (laughs) being like i need to talk to my dead husband and son and so she began drinking really heavily as well great yeah um so on october 1st 1888 margaret fox uh now very catholic Dropped like a huge truth bomb Uh-oh. on New York what? and the world. Oh no! Really? Uh, she gave an exclusive interview with the New York Post for fifteen hundred bucks. That's a lot of money. <laughs> I don't know how much in eight now, but I'm assuming a lot. At this was eighteen eighty eight, and she denounced spiritualism and Ooh. her sister and her old life in the interview. She was like, "It was a hoax. We tricked everyone." Oh. This is when you go, what? what? No, are you serious? Sorry, you, you've told me some about oh, the story already. That's true. So that but evening. That's still a what? Yeah. So after the interview, uh, she appeared uh, at the New York Academy of Music to a huge audience to tell everyone how they tricked people. So she said it started on March 31st. I didn't write the year. Okay. So it was when Kate and Margaret were still living with their parents in the haunted house. Right. Uh, So they were in their bedroom and they were really bored. So they wanted to mess with their parents. Yeah. Yeah. So they tied an apple to a string so they could like hit it on the ground to make loud thumping sounds, (laughs) which I don't understand why you can't just pick up and drop the apple. Well... But, like, it's on a string. I, yeah. I picture a pulley system. Like, yeah. they're just pulling the string, and it's looped on, like, a hook. I don't know why. <laughs> and they can just, like, you know. Yeah. Get it to, yeah. Could be. So, after that, they learned. They they uh, they graduated, I guess, uh-huh. from the apple trick. And they learned how to manipulate the joints in their toes. <laughs> To make different noises and bang on the floor, like that make popping noises with their toes, but also like hit it really hard on the ground. Uh, they were knocking. Yeah. The, so that on command, they could make these uh-huh. noise, like, and sometimes just like the popping of their toe. They could like, they like <laughs> learned how to manipulate the joints in their toes, especially, but sometimes their calves and knees, they could like do it without like moving. Uh. Cool. Weird. <laughs> well, I, guess, I mean, under those big 1800 skirts oh, and yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. It doesn't, you wouldn't be able to tell. So on stage, she, sh- she took off her shoes and lifted her skirt to show everyone how she made the noises with her toes. <sighs> 
She even had doctors come up on stage to prove that the noises were coming from her feet. (laughs) (laughs) The other two sisters claimed that Margaret was just upset because the two of them had publicly spoken out against her sister's drinking and her lack of care for her children. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Uh, So, but then a year later, Margaret took it all back. She said that no... I was just mad. Uh-huh. It wasn't a trick. Wow. But nobody ever really took her seriously again. Sure. Because people in the movement thought she was just bitter and wanted, like, the money from speaking out. Right. And they thought that over time she lost her ability to speak to the dead so she couldn't make money off people anymore, mm. but she could make money from speaking out right. against it. Uh-huh. So she started, like, making up things. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, they thought, and then, you know, people who didn't believe right. thought they saw all the proof they needed when she popped her toes. Right. Um, so, the sisters actually never reconciled, made up. Oh. They never. It's always. No. Uh, so, then yeah. the Fox sisters, like, the whole family business kind of fell apart. Mm. But spiritualism was already a huge thing because right. of them. Like, it was a movement. Yeah. And so, people still really believed it. Uh-huh. And even when people talk about the Fox sisters and how they started spiritualism, people tend to leave out the part where they <laughs> may have tricked everyone. <laughs> they're like yeah they were they they started this they yeah. did they talked to the dead and they did it on stage and like stuff <laughs> like that um so kate died in 1890s they all died broke and poor and no one liked them <laughs> and so kate died in 1890 and leah and margaret both died in 1892 and they all died from alcoholism <sighs> how like- sad that's how everyone died in the 1800s, yeah. broke and alone and penniless and an alcoholic. That's all. That's, that's how, how they all died. Yeah. How sad. Um, about 11 years after the death of the final Fox sister, mm-hmm. some children were playing in the ruins of the old Fox home. Yeah. Uh, so Ooh. the no- the home at the time was known as the Spook House around town. <laughs> we're going to go play in the ruins of the Spook House. So these kids were playing... <laughs> And while they were playing, they actually found bones, like a bunch of bones in the ground. And so the bones were taken to the doctor Uh and it was found to be a man's bones. And they were from about 50 or 60 years earlier. Did they bring Mr. Splithoof with them? No, it was the traveling salesman. Yeah, that's what I meant. So it could have been like... No, 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 the oh. ruins of their old home, the haunted house home, the yeah. first home they started in. Oh, that, that, oh, their original home. The original yeah, home. Yeah, okay. The one that he died, the Sorry, I thought you were like, talking about their home in, in uh, Rochester. Sorry. No, okay. but I read some places that that's not true. They never actually found bones underneath the house. Hmm. It's just a myth. Oh. But then I found that, like, doctors examined these bones and blah, blah, blah. So there could have been bones found underneath the house. Uh-huh. Um. Huh. So, it could have been a hoax. It could have, the the house could have actually been haunted. Because other people were hearing the noises before they moved in, but that could have just given them an idea to mess with people. Right. 
they might have like heard I'm sure there were rumors around town about Yes. I I think there were like rumors that it was haunted. Yeah, or that, you know, the old owners killed this guy and buried him. Mm-hmm. And so they like they picked up on those and they started hoaxing on it. Or it was real. I mean, I think it was pretty much proven that it was a hoax. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think there's like m- way more to this story. Like, yeah, there's there's so much to this story. And there's so many contradictions to the stories because it was from the 1800s, early right. 1800s. So there's other stories of like after Margaret came out, people like got all the sisters into the room and like made them sit on all pillows and put their feet on pillows see if they could do it and they couldn't because they couldn't make the noises on pillows you know uh, i don't know if that's actually real or not i don't know there so there's a lot but i thought it was an interesting story yeah. to go from the story of the guy who died yeah to the end like oh they found his bones so right. he really did die and could have been haunting the place yeah Maybe he was haunting the place, but he didn't actually communicate with them that way. He was like trying to say other stuff, but then they were saying all this stuff with their joints and he was mad about it. He was pissed. That's why he made them start drinking. Probably. Isn't that sad that they like died like that? (laughs) Yeah. It's really sad. But yeah, I'm like that bitch. Margaret (laughs) ruined their lives. You guys had a good thing going. But then she got, she became Catholic and she was like, oh, I hate who I was. It's all fake. And I'm like, you're ruining your sister's lives too. Ugh. I wouldn't make up with her either. <laughs> I'm like, now I'm broke and an alcoholic. So thanks, Margaret. It's hard to be broke and an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Alcohol's expensive. I know. Mm-hmm. So that's my story. All right. Isn't cool. that cool? That is. That's a good story. Yeah, I had really a good story. <laughs> did you like it? Yes, I did. Yeah, I know. You seemed interested I was in interested. It. I wanted to know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then I found out. Yeah. It was a wild ride. <laughs> There's Really, look it up. There's so much to this story. Yeah, it sounds that interesting. That was just a very basic outline of what happened. There's so much. Because <laughs> they started an entire movement. Right. Yeah, I'm sure there's all kinds of interesting stories about them. By possibly just tying a string to an apple and banging it on the floor which makes me laugh (laughs) i'm like oh that's really funny yeah (laughs) i don't know (laughs) all right uh well i'm gonna talk about i'm gonna well that was way in the past i'm gonna talk about something very modern i'm gonna talk about video games video games video games (laughs) you know it's I'm not a big video game person, so we'll see how I am enjoy this. Okay. I, they might like it. We'll see. The people I mean, might it's like, like it. you know, we're on we're on we're all coronavirus up. We're in yeah, social true. distancing. I think I'll like it. I think I like people are, this idea. People are of, gaming to like oh, if hours. you do this, you'll die, or like you'll die in real life, kind of stuff. Or mm-hmm. like if you do this, you're cursed and stuff like that. Right? Is that what you're hap- Is that what you're some, going Yeah, that's over? what some of it is. Okay, yeah, I think a, I get it. I've got like. I've got uh, several different uh, things that I'm going to talk about. Okay. Several different uh, uh, urban legends and such. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start with a game called Pale Luna. Okay. Uh, so as the story goes, there's a game 
called Pale Luna. Wait, is it real? Somewhere. Oh, out there somewhere. Um, okay. So it's a text adventure. It's a text adventure game like uh, Zork or other games. Uh, they were like popular in the 80s. Um, so the game basically, it's just, it, there are no pictures or anything in the game. It's just oh, text. Okay. It sort of like gives you a description of the Sounds area terrible. you're in. Okay. Says, uh, and then you like type in commands to say, I want to go east. I want to pick up the pick up the shovel. I want to pick up okay. this paper and read it mm-hmm. and stuff. To like, You just like type in what you want to do in the game. <laughs> okay. Um, and so Pale Luna starts with a blank screen apart from this text. You are in a dark room. Moonlight shines through the window. There is gold in the corner along with a shovel and a rope. There is a door to the east. Command. And so, so that's how it starts. And unlike most text adventure games where they're, you're given like, you know, a, pr- a pretty detailed description of your environment. And you mm-hmm. can like examine every little thing and stuff. But that's all, that's all you get in Pale Luna. <laughs> this is already creeping me out. <laughs> and uh, it only accepts like a few really simple commands of what you can do. Okay. Uh, so you can pick up the gold and you can pick up the shovel and you can pick up the rope. And that's, that's all you can do with them. Okay. You can say, use gold, and the game will say back, not here. And if you say, use shovel, it will say, not now. And when what? you type in, use rope, the game types back, you've already used this. What? Yeah. Uh, and so, so you start from that room. When you say, go <laughs> east, you find the door, and you say, open the door. And then it finally gives you some more information and says... Reap your reward. Pale Luna smiles at you. You are in a forest. There are paths to the north, west, and east. Command. Um, and, so, okay, yeah, keep going. Yeah, so you're outside. And so it was soon after this point that the majority of people who played the game would quit. Um, there was <clears> on, <throat> So there was only one correct sequence of directions yeah, the game would accept. I was going to say it sounds like it. So, yeah. Um, so annoying. if so from the beginning, you had if you said you had to say go north, and if you said anything else, the game would freeze up and you had to reboot your computer and then what? from there you'd have to say you'd have to pick north east and west so if, if you said anything from that after for the second direction other than east it would like freeze up and you'd have to reboot again so you really have to be determined to get <laughs> yeah this, get to the end of this game yes yeah, so nearly everybody after you know the first couple of times of this would just give up <laughs> yeah um, you know, the game wasn't even fun. It didn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound fun. <laughs> uh, so, but eventually, one person, uh, according to the story I read, his name was Michael Nevins. He did spend the hours and hours of trial and error. I would. <laughs> I'd be so he, mad. He, I'd be like, I'm getting to the end of this. He game. finally got to a new screen that said, "Pale Luna smiles wide. There are no paths." Pale Luna smiles wide. The ground is soft. Pale Luna smiles wide. Here. Command. What? There's no command. And then through more trial and error, he figured out, he finally figured out the proper sequence of commands to get to the end were dig hole, drop gold, and fill hole. Finally, after he figured that that's what he was supposed to say next, uh, the game wouldn't accept anything else and displayed... Just a screen that said, congratulations. 
40.24248. Negative 121.4434. Is that coordinates? Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> There's real gold. Yeah, so, oh my god, this is crazy. <laughs> so he figured out that those coordinates, yeah, they were long, they were <gasps> Uh, and they were pinpointing a point, a spot in uh, Lassen Volcanic Park in no. California. Oh, where was he at? Uh, it said nearby, so I think he was in California somewhere. Oh, well, lucky him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, he went there uh, with a compass and a shovel, uh, convinced Shit. that there was buried treasure at the coordinates. Oh, no. Um, convinced. <laughs> Uh, he headed down a hiking trail and he noticed that the path of the trail like roughly traced the like core the, the directions the that game. he put into the game. <gasps> oh my god, this is so cool. Uh, <laughs> this is a real life treasure hunt. And then at the uh so then at those when he finally reached those coordinates, he started to dig, and before long he dug up the decomposing <gasps> head of a blonde haired little girl. Uh he reported it to the police, and the head was identified as belonging to a girl who had disappeared about a year and a half ago. Uh, no, they never figured out. Uh, I, actually, I didn't find the name. Is this real? <laughs> this is real? No. This is not a real story? Well, I mean, it could be. I have... I, I mean, I think it's just based on, like, a creepypasta kind of thing <gasps> that some people believe. Don't tell me that. Say it's real. And then, you know, the rest of the body was never found. Yes, it's real. Well, actually, so people have, you know, since the, like, story started going around, people then, it started out with just a story of, of about the game. Um, but then people, like, actually made, like, versions of the game that you could, like, play to, like, make it. Seem real. I found on Reddit a uh, someone like posted a photo of them with a floppy disk that said "Pale Luna." I was like, I find I found like a an original copy of the game at a at a garage sale. Oh my <laughs> god! Then, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I tried. I downloaded the file and tried to play it, but I couldn't get it to work. I'm not smart enough for oh. that. But. <laughs> Which is prob probably a good thing. It's probably full of viruses and stuff. <laughs> Pale Luna. Yeah. I wonder if the girl's name was Luna. Could I be. I bet it was. That would be cool. That'd be cute. Um, oh, that is crazy. What's uh, the next one I'm going to go next to... Um, I'm going to talk about Pokemon now. Oh. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Um, so in 1996, uh, the first games in the Pokemon series came out. Um, one of the locations in the in Pokemon Red and Green uh, was called Lavender Town, mm -hmm. and in this yeah. town, there's. Do you know much about Pokemon? A little bit. Okay, so in Laver Lavender Town, there's Pokemon Tower, which is a massive graveyard for deceased Pokemon. Um, so, um, so there's a story that after Pokemon Red and Green came out, that there was a spike in child suicides in Japan. Oh my God. Um, according to the uh, the urban legend, there were about 200 suicides and many more reports of kids like behaving crazy and erratically and stuff. Um, so uh, I guess um, so apparently in the in the music that accompanied this part of the game, there were certain tones that like only children could hear and it was like making them go crazy. Oh. Uh, they were like they're they were inaudible to adults, and it was like you know only yeah. adults making and testing the game. And so once it came out, they discovered it. Um, 
uh, you know, what it wasn't caught before the game's Japanese release. Um, once it was when it was, they re-recorded the music and changed it, I guess, so that it didn't have those tones in it, um, and re-recorded it for the international release of the game. Um, so this myth originally started in like around 2010 as a creepy pasta. I mean, the the Lavender Town music is kind of creepy in that yeah. game. Um, Lavender Town. <laughs> it's um, so that's part of it, and then it you know it it started out as just a creepy pasta posted on Pastebin, but people started to like believe it and like it passed around and stuff. Oh, and no. people did like stuff like Photoshop ghosts into the spectrogram outputs for the move for the music and stuff <laughs> to try to make more evidence for it. Um, did people actually start going insane because they thought that it was going to make them insane? <laughs> it could be. I don't. I don't know. Um, I mean, part of part of the reason why, I th- but why I think people believe this though is that there is a uh, there's a real instance of Pokemon actually causing harm to children. What? Uh, so in 1997, an episode of the Pokemon anime series, uh, yeah. it had a scene that, like at the climactic like battle scene, there was a part of there was a quick shot of where there was like bright and like really quickly flashing lights and like red <gasps> oh light no that caused like seizures all over oh. japan where like 700 children apparently were brought to ho- hospitals and because they were like vomiting and, and like losing consciousness and stuff no when they watched the show yeah did they have like epilepsy or something i guess so or was it or just, just like really bad I'm I'm guessing it was for people with ep- epilepsy and I guess people who didn't know they had epilepsy yet. That's why we have warnings now. <laughs> yes. About bright lights, <laughs> flashing lights. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um, What's the next one? I'm trying to decide where to go next. Um, I'm gonna talk. Okay, I'm gonna talk about a uh, a very mainstream one. Um. So it's it's not just stuff like Pale Luna and like obscure things or like early video games with stuff about them. Yeah. Um, there's uh, a curse afflicts one of the most famous video game franchises out there. Probably the most famous like sports. Well, no, it's probably not one one of the most. Okay, Madden <laughs> NFL. All right, what is it? <laughs> the the Madden NFL football game series. Okay. Do you know? No. If, yeah, have you heard about them? Anyway, no. okay, it's the okay. <laughs> So there's a thing called the Madden Curse. Okay. Um, so every year when they put out their game, there is a different football player on the cover of the video game case. Okay. And every year, um, that player is cursed with either a bad injury or just like really like bad performance. They like don't play well at all throughout the next year after they get on the cover. Oh. Um, so the curse starts with Madden 99, uh, 1999, the first game actually came out in 1998, uh, uh, but this was the first game not to feature John Madden, the like legendary coach who the games are named after uh, on the cover. Um, well, that's it, why he's mad about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this had San Francisco 49ers running back Garrison Hurst on the cover. Um, he was like a big like rising star at the time he was like breaking all kinds of records and setting you know probably gonna end up if he kept on the current trajectory ending up in the hall of fame someday 
Um, he eventually he led the 49ers that year to the playoffs. It seemed like things were going well, but then in the uh, I think the first game of the playoffs, he broke his ankle oh. uh, so bad he was out for the next two years. And he like when he finally did come back, he was never like playing at the same level again. Um, yeah. Then, then in the next year in 2000, um, there were first, there was Barry Sanders. Um, he was one of the best players of the nineties. Um, people knew he was nearing the end of his career. So that's part of the reason he was honored on the cover, but he was still playing like really, really well. He was running for like well over a thousand yards a year. He was like coming up. He was almost about to like break the, uh, um, like, a career like yardage record um so like people thought that he had like a good like two or three more years in him but then like right before the season began he just abruptly retired out of nowhere and so like oh. left his team trying to like find a replacement for him oh that's weird yeah then later in the season when they released the european version of the game um they put uh green bay packers running back dorsey levens on the cover and he broke the his knee that season and was out uh for uh a while several games like the rest of the season Mm -hmm. and then he spent the rest of his career as like a second or third string backup going from like this big star to rough yeah rough life uh then um ed 2001 eddie george had like a good season then like um in the first his team was like doing great they got to the playoffs then he like bobbled a pass that got intercepted and returned for a touchdown and they lost then the next year he injured his toe and he like never like played as well ever again uh then 2002, Minnesota quarterback Dante Culpepper played poorly for most of the season. Then in the 11th game, suffered a season-ending back injury. Uh, 2003, Marshall Falk missed five games with an ankle injury. This just like every year it happened. Like the thing that really surprised, I thought that like it happened to like just a few people, but there's like something for just about everyone in the last 20 years who's been on the cover of Madden. Um, you know, so I mean, there are, there are exceptions. In two thousand five, Ray Lewis just played. He just played pretty good, as opposed to playing great as he had in previous years. Okay. Um, uh, but um, you know, at the next year, Donovan McNabb suffered a sports hernia and missed seven games out of sixteen. Um, who else? Um, in twenty ten, they put two covers on the. Two players on the cover for the same time. No. So one of them, Troy Pula, Tri, Troy Polamalu, he immediately in the first game injured his MCL in his knee. Then after a couple games, he came back. Then he injured a, again worse and was out for the rest of the season. But the other player on the cover, Larry Fitzgerald, he had a great regular season and made the Pro Bowl. Though then in the playoffs, he injured a rib and wasn't able to play in the playoffs or the Pro Bowl. So he, um, and then let's see, Peyton Hillis in 2012, he missed several games because of hamstring injuries. Then he had a sprained hip and then he had a sore throat. He missed a ton of games that year. Because of a sore throat? No, I mean strep throat. I was like a sore throat. He had strep throat, not a sore throat. (laughs) I misread what I had. Uh, Adrian Peterson in 2014, he, um, 
he was on the cover that year, and then he was suspended for the season after one game due to child abuse charges. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Antonio Brown, um, he was got on the cover, but then he was traded immediately after that, then to the Oakland Raiders, then he didn't play there because he was just, I guess, didn't get along with people. He was a disrupt, he was disruptive, so they didn't play him. Then he was cut from the team, he was picked up by the Patriots, and he played one game with them before he was released due to rape allegations and a battery charge. Oh my God. And in 2020, Patrick Mahomes suffered a kneecap injury and missed two games, although he then went on to become the first cover player ever to win a Super Bowl the same year that he appeared on the cover. So he might have broken the curse. Well, also, <laughs> I mean, football play they're football players, yeah, right? Yeah, no, I they mean... They injure themselves constantly. Yeah, I, I, I don't, like, believe the curse is real or anything. I that think it's crazy. a really wild coincidence but i mean yeah football is a dangerous game where you're more than likely to get injured yeah i mean also part of it is that to appear to like become so famous that you get on the cover of the most famous football game you have to have been around for a few years and you have to have had you know the the year before was probably a really good season for you Mm -hmm. so you're probably peaking in your career so it's pretty likely that your next season won't be as good as the one before Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, What's the that's next one. Sports the... stuff stresses me out. Okay, sorry. Um, I'm gonna talk about. Um, uh, there's an urban legend about a 1980s arcade game called Polybius. I love this. <laughs> um, so the story goes that in several arcades located around Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. in the suburbs around Portland. A new, previously unheard of cabinet started popping up. Uh, The game was instantly popular to the point of addiction, with lines forming to get to the machines going on for, you know, out the door, and fights breaking out over who would get to play next Uh. and stuff. (laughs) But players of the game also suffered various side effects, including things like amnesia, insomnia, night terrors, and hallucinations. Uh, yeah, if they're always there playing this game, <laughs> makes sense. You know, even more strangely, uh, mysterious men in black suits were said to have been seen lurking in the areas where the machines showed up. Men in black. And seen periodically retrieving unknown data from the cabinets. Ooh. As mysteriously as they had arrived, about a month later, all of the uh, Polybius machines suddenly vanished. No, they were experimenting on people. Yeah. So, this one's probably not real. I Um, believe it. (laughs) It it originally just... the, The first mention of Polybius anywhere is in 2000 on... It was an entry... Someone made an entry for it on some, like, a arcade games resource where they just put in the name of the game that it came out in 1981 like the uh name of a an unknown company and some of these rumors about it then other articles just talked about that basically and said that the uh the reality of the game was inconclusive (laughs) so they couldn't prove that it did exist but i guess they couldn't prove that it never existed Okay. Hmm. So probably not real. <laughs> but okay. um, Polybius never might have never existed. But there's another game 
another supposedly cursed game that is rooted in fact somewhat. Mm. Uh, the game Berserk was B-E-R-Z-E-R-K. It was released in 1980 by Stern Electronics out of Chicago. Um, and it had the player maneuvering through a maze while shooting at malicious robots while they're being pursued by a big smiley face called Evil Otto. Uh-huh. Um, so in jo- January of 1981, a 19-year-old 19- named Jeff Daly died of a heart attack moments after finishing a game of Berserk. Uh, his final score was 16,660. 16660. Then, in October of 1982, um, uh, Peter Burkowski, he also died of a heart attack at the age of 18, seconds after twice reaching the- How old was the first one? 19. Oh, my God. Yeah. He he had just, like, reached the top 10 high score list on the machine, like, just seconds before. Um, There are several other stories of Berserk killing the people who played it, although they're not- those first two are the only ones that have been at all verified. Um, I mean, it, the game could be cursed, or it could just be. What I mean, eighteen and nineteen year old have heart attacks. I mean, people do. They're, people have like underlying heart conditions and stuff. Oh, do they die? Yeah, Did they die. Yeah, they both died. <gasps> oh my god. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just got too excited about the game. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing I read said that it was probably attributed to, like, underlying health factors and, like, an overload of caffeine and, like, lack of sleep and stuff. Like, being on your feet for a long time. That probably just, uh, <clears throat> the excitement was too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's a, that's one. Uh, and then lastly, I have um, an urban legend about the uber-popular game Minecraft. Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. So in Minecraft, the player is placed into an infinite procedurally generated world for you to explore and gather, gather resources and build structures and stuff. Um, and so the player is completely alone in this world the only human character other than some like animals and monsters, but there are no other humans or anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, I mean, if you just set aside the like cheerful, like simple, cheerful aesthetic of the game, like that premise is in itself kind of, and be enough to make some people uneasy, just like being alone in this infinite uh, landscape. Yeah. But what happens When you think that you have the infinite landscape to yourself, that you're completely left to your own devices and alone, and then you see someone else. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Some Minecraft players say that in their games, they have caught glimpses of another character who they call Herobrine. Okay. So the Herobrine, it seems, doesn't actually do anything to players he's just like he just kind of like follows you around like far in the distance that's creepy and he'll like um he he apparently will like build big pyramids of sand in the middle of the ocean that if you find those you know that pure hero brines around or and he'll dig like little like long straight tunnels across the map (laughs) (laughs) Um, maybe it's just a glitch and he is supposed 
to he's he's supposedly in screenshots that people have posted he looks just like um just like the player character in the game except with like white eyes that like glow in the dark like completely white uh oh my gosh (laughs) um according to according to um mojang the company that uh develops minecraft there is no such thing as hero brian he does not exist in the game no one has put him in the game um people have posted photoshopped screenshots showing him in the game or um well i mean it started the hero brian urban legend started with a like a short i guess you'd like creepypasta type thing where just someone describes just like seeing hero brian and then discovering these like long tunnels and stuff that i mentioned um and then they posted a screenshot where it looks like him like in the mist like a little ways away mm-hmm. um it was photoshopped um then it's st- then it became very popular after that when this like um this uh popular streamer he was like playing a game of minecraft and then in one room he he came into a room and saw hero brian and then like quickly ran out of the room and like turned off his stream in real life no so that Confused. that that turned out to be a hoax too he no he didn't see him in real life he just saw him in the game okay that that turned out to be a hoax that he like made yeah a, uh, a doctored like painting in the game basically to look like him but people still believe it a lot um oh and the he is supposedly um the creator of the game notch that's the guy who originally invented minecraft his dead brother um though notch denies this because he doesn't have a brother (laughs) (laughs) oh good okay anyway well yeah because he's dead Mm -hmm. mm-hmm some of the things that people say are like hero brian and stuff could just be you know evidence of him could just be like coincidences of ran of like the random generation of the map that happens or just yeah like glitches and stuff (laughs) but there i mean i don't know it's interesting that there are like so many there are a ton of like video game urban legends and stuff out there which is yeah interesting that's creepy Mm -hmm. some of them are really creepy yeah i mean I don't know. Part of the reason for that is like video games became popular as the internet was becoming popular. So it was came easier to share like theories and urban legends and stuff. Also, I guess, you know, video games do have glitches and stuff and do weird things sometimes. So do you remember the plug and play video games? Yeah. where, uh, where you, you plugged them into they have like the three chords, white. Uh huh. And you just and like red, and you plug them into your TV. yeah, and it came preloaded with a bunch of games and stuff. Or yeah, it was... and it had like a little stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I used <laughs> I to have think... like themed ones, like Spider Man. It just had one Spider Man game, <laughs> or like Superman had one Superman game and a SpongeBob one, and then it's no, his nose was the <laughs> stick. That's funny. And it was just like it was a bunch of it was the Krabby Patty games. Ah. So you had to participate in all of like the races <laughs> and different games. Cool. I don't think I ever had any of those. Oh, I, I always wanted so many one, plug and plays because they weren't that expensive. Yeah, they they were really they cheap. They seemed cheap. Yeah, and we still had like the really old TVs that mm-hmm. you just plug into the front, like yeah. the cords. Uh-huh. <laughs> plug and play games were the best. Yeah, they, uh, seemed, they, they seemed fun. 
I just I played. I was addicted to plug and plays. I just played computer games on my on my dad's computer. Well, I didn't have a computer. Okay, I'm didn't sorry. Have a computer. Had a plug and play. <laughs> we had plug and plays. Well, cool. That's fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's that. (laughs) (laughs) Look out for uh, Hero Brian at all while you're playing games this weekend. It's creepy. This week. (laughs) This comes out. Next month. Yep, for the next month or so. (laughs) Two months, three months, six. A year. Yeah. Six years. (laughs) I hope not. They would just let start letting us die if that were the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they wouldn't be like, stay inside. Oh, for be sure. Like, just go out and die. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're already getting ready to do that. I know. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. Okay. Uh, you got anything else to add? Uh, no. All right. I don't. Um. Have a good week, guys. You too. <laughs> Not you. Okay. I started saying that before he said guys. I, don't, I still don't know why I would have thought that was directed toward me. Yeah, but. have a good week, Carrie. <laughs> you too, Carly. I'll see you next week, Carrie. <laughs> I will see you too, Carly. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Uh, well, this has been Known Unknowns. Yep. Known Unknowns. <laughs> I've been Harry. Yeah, see, you have to say it first. Sorry. So I've been Harry. And I'm still Carly. And this has been... Nona knowns. <laughs> Here comes a special boy. Because it's weird out there. Bye. Bye.